Hello, welcome to Greatness Connect, where we discuss issues that have capacity to improve our lives. Today, we shall be looking at attitudes that determine success. My name is Sulaiman Onarwajim, your uncle. Scott Hamilton, a retired skater, gained global attention after winning the U.S. Championships and World Championships in skating four consecutive times from 1981 to 1984, and topping these with a gold medal in the 1984 Olympics. But given his background, this feat would have been unimaginable. At the age of two, Hamilton contracted an illness that stalled his growth for a long time. The disease later corrected itself and he was able to grow, but at the peak of his amateur practice, he only weighed 49 kilograms and was just 1.59 meters tall. He later had a serious battle with brain tumor and had to go under the knife a number of times, but none of these was able to put him down. He was not given any chance by many, but did not reckon with that. He rose above his limitations and conquered his world. After his retirement from skating, he became a television star. According to him, his attitude was his strength. He never regarded himself as disabled, believing that there was nothing he said his mind upon to do that he could not accomplish. Hence, his memorable quotes, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. Now, let's define attitude. An attitude is a viewpoint about situations, people, or places. It is a belief that informs reactions to and handling of issues, circumstances, and persons. It is a perception that shapes behaviors. It's a mindset that determines what is done and how it is done. Social scientists are of the opinion that no one was born with any particular attitude. So, attitude is a learned behavior. Attitude determines accomplishments. No one can outperform his attitude. Attitude is superior to aptitude because the latter does not solely determine success. If the aptitude is right but the attitude is wrong, the outcome will be far from right. A study carried out by Stanford Research Institute confirms this. According to the finding, success is comprised of 18% attitude and only 12% aptitude, that is education. But if attitude can be learned, it can also be unlearned. Therefore, no one needs to be asleep to a wrong attitude. Like a one-hour scared or shed, a bad attitude should be shared. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. It can't get anyone anywhere until it is changed. Importance of attitude in leadership. A leader is a model. Many people shape their lives by what they hear or see the leader say or do. So the leader's attitude determines that of his team members. If the leader's attitude is right, this is percolated down to all members of the organization and your system is energized. With that, everything comes within the realm of possibility. If the leader's attitude is wrong, it sends a wrong signal to the team and drains everyone of energy. Ordinarily achievable tasks become daunting, so a leader must learn to choose the right attitude to avoid spreading poison among his team members. One other thing about attitude is that it determines organizational culture. Culture is not superficial. It is entrenched and once formed is difficult to change. Therefore, it is vital that the leader refrain from doing anything that would implant a toxic culture in the organization. 
Now, let's look at success-promoting attitudes that everyone needs. We need to know that success does not happen in a vacuum. It's a consequence of embracing the right attitude. Therefore, the following are some of the attitudes everyone needs to imbibe to facilitate success. Number 1. Positivity Nothing works like a positive attitude. Positive attitude produces optimism and unleashes latent energy. It dulls worries and fears, and fears while playing up possibilities. Having a positive attitude is making a choice to see a situation from the bright side instead of viewing it from the horrible side. It is a determination to see the glass as half full instead of half empty. Positive attitude pulls the dividing line between a leader who is able to steer his people from adversity to prosperity and one who leads them emerged in their catastrophe. Positivity is very important because, as Napoleon Bonaparte observed, a leader is a dealer in hope. It's a dealer's responsibility to give his people hope, but he can only give them hope if himself is full of hope and imbued with a positive attitude inched on a belief that things will eventually work out well. Let me share with you the story of Winston Churchill's positivity. Wartime British Prime Minister Winston Churchill still stands out as one of the greatest leaders of that country. The mention of his name evokes nostalgia decades after his demise. The reason is that Churchill was an incurable optimist who infused his people with hope even when hoping was a hopeless venture. During the Second World War, virtually everything that would go wrong had gone wrong with Britain. But the Prime Minister refused to let go of his belief that the tide would turn in favor of his country. European countries were falling like a pack of cars to Hitler's Germany. Yet, Churchill refused to capitulate. Rather, he kept raising the hope of the people through the vocalization of his belief. When the war was raging and it looked as if his country was finally doomed to fall to Germany's superior firepower, Churchill said, quote, Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. We can stand up to him, all Europe may be free, and life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fall, then the old world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister, and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties, and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. At the end, end of God. At the end, he was not just able to win the hearts of the people through his inspiring words. The tide turned against Germany, and Britain was saved from worsening and imminent defeat. That is the power of optimism. Difficult situations always surrender to those who refuse to surrender to difficult situations. Number two, attitude of gratitude. Everyone wants to feel loved and valued because the yearning for appreciation is innate to man. The easiest way to show that an individual is valued is to express gratitude to him. When this comes from the leader, it enlivens the people and encourages them to put in more effort. But showing gratitude especially for activities that are regarded as run-of-the-mill, does not come naturally to many people. Most leaders wait till a team member achieves an art-shattering or record-breaking fate before showing them appreciation. 
That's not quite right because it is capable of sending a message to the team that their efforts are not valid. However, while accomplishment of tasks that are regarded as outstanding may attract incentives, those that fall into other categories should be noted and commended even if verbally. Gratitude should be the second nature of a leader. It should flow freely from him and the leader should show how every activity that is appreciated contributes to the overall objective of the organization so that the appreciation may be fully appreciated by the recipient. Number three, commitment to improvement. Successful people are always looking for opportunities to improve themselves. They hold the view that there is nothing so good that it cannot be made better. They are also convinced that opportunities identified and eventually seized are always directly proportional to level of preparation. Therefore, they keep stretching themselves to get better so that when opportunities knock, they are not found wanting. What is regarded as a lucky break is nothing but preparation ahead of opportunity. The attitude of those who succeed greatly in life is that life is not a dress rather or the real thing. So they always seek self-improvement to keep getting ahead of others. Number four, choose the difficult above the convenient. My friend, the route to an average life is a convenient road. Most people in life end up being ordinary because of their preference for convenience. Convenience cannot guarantee excellence. Neither can it assure success. Great things are always the first difficult before becoming easy. That is why many people miss the opportunity of greatness. They want easy things first. But as put by Warren Buffett, one of the world's richest men, what the wise do in the beginning, fools do in the end. To be successful, it is necessary to develop an attitude of preferring the difficult to the convenient. The antidote to a hard life is hard work. I say that again. The antidote to a hard life is hard work. Number five, manage your expectations. Successful people expect the best from people but are also prepared to get the worst from them. This is why they seem to have a strong shock absorber and are able to pick up the pieces of their lives and continue when the unexpected happens. The journey of life is not always a straight one but is full of twists and turns. Those who make a success of their lives are more often than not those who have learned to manage their expectations and do not build their hope on what is completely beyond their control. They are moderated by Murphy's law which states that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So they do not get unnecessarily excited about the success of a project that is still in the works. While counseling about managing expectations, the illimitable William Shakespeare said, I always feel happy. You know why? Because I don't expect anything from anyone. Expectations always hurt. Life is short, so love your life, be happy, and keep smiling." End of quote. Number six, staying calm under pressure. There are times when a leader comes under serious pressure. Everything turns topsy-turvy. Projections fail, targets are missed, stays are poor, and all else seems let loose. When the leader does, what the, what the leader does at times like this will either put the organization on the path to recovery or drive the nephoda into its coffin. At times like this, great leaders remain calm on the outside even if they are experiencing turmoil on the inside. It is their calmness that assures team members that the present challenge is not insurmountable. Having a crisis is not a problem. The real problem is what is done about what has happened. Jack Canfield, 
author of the book, The Success Principles, gives a formula in that book thus, E plus R is equal to who? Where A stands for event, R stands for response, and O stands for outcome. According to Canfield, the event alone does not determine what happens. It is the response to what has happened that determines the outcome. So, it has a crisis and the response to the crisis is right. A positive change will follow the crisis. However, if a crisis is followed by an negative response, it may lead to a cataclysmic change. Great leaders are able to stay calm in crisis situations because of their understanding that sunset is not a permanent situation but a mere prelude to sunrise. Consequently, they do not make the darkness occasioned by sunset their focus, but strategically prepare for the coming of the sun. Number 7. Keeping your eyes on the ball Great leaders never take their eyes off the ball. They remain committed to the original goal of the team and ensure that nothing is done to take them off course. They are conscious of the fact that their assessment will be based on what they do with the primary assignment. So, while they pay attention to other issues, they never allow themselves to be swayed of the original goal. They keep the vision in focus at all times. Finally, my friend, don't forget this. Your place in posterity will be determined by your choice of attitude. I did that again. Your place in posterity will be determined by your choice of attitudes. Thanks for your attention. See you next time. My name is Sulaimok Onarivaju.